Welcome to Journey into Permaculture. I'm Vincent, your permaculture guide. In this episode, we'll cover permaculture principles as laid out by David Holmgren, the co-founder of Permaculture. This is in his book, Permaculture, Principles and Pathways Beyond Sustainability. Each chapter in this book is the following 12 principles. There are other principles or other renditions of these principles, including Bill Mollison's version. You can find those 10 principles that he created in Introduction to Permaculture, which is a less in-depth version of his Permaculture, a Designer's Manual textbook. I also included another rendition of these principles. These ones combine both David and Bill's principles into one. These are made by Will Hooker. He teaches a permaculture course at NC State University. You can find the links to each of these books and the course that Will Hooker teaches online for free. You can find these links in the description of this episode. Let's begin. The first principle, observe and interact. Just like our question, where do I start? Ask the questions, where am I? What kind of forces are present? Thinking in terms of wind, water, weather events, the wildlife, what kind of soil type you have, your slope. All of these factors will take place in your design. You should take each aspect and observe them for what they are. What can they provide? What kind of ways can you utilize them to best incorporate into your plan? The second principle is catch and store energy. We're not just talking about electricity here. We're talking about various forms of natural energy. So we could include water storage. We could think of forests as living bio storage or holding carbon. While thinking of electricity, you will want to consider alternative systems. Hydroelectric is perhaps one of the most dependable versions. You could also use solar and wind, which are highly popularized. Most alternate energy systems utilize batteries, while hydroelectric power will not need to depend on battery storage directly as it's able to consistently be created. The generator can provide power right to the home. Wind power, however, is created sporadically and is stored in batteries. This is the same as solar power. Wind power can at least be created from everyday items. While solar panels use a significant production footprint, both of these at the commercial level are not as green as advertised. You could even use heat or thermoelectric generation to power your space. Catching rainwater is another water storage system besides building ponds higher up on your slope that you can use to gravity irrigate your system. Principle number three obtain a yield. You'll want to consider diversity in your plan. Think beyond food. Think of yield for building or yield for forage, such as for bees and honey. While we also want to consider the food that we create for ourselves or what we use on our space, we should consider what it brings in forms of a yield. Principle number four, apply self-regulation and accept feedback. This principle stresses that we should live simply and consciously. We should be aware of our surroundings, aware of ourselves, aware of our mental health, and we should live as simply as possible. We shouldn't be consumers of this world. You should personally know your working limits, and that includes understanding what your habits are, what you might need to change to best 
support your new plan. You also will have to look at your mistakes, learn from those mistakes, and improve upon them. Take into account your successes so that you can continue or augment them to be even better. Principle number five. Use and value renewable resources and services. We need to think in terms of sustainable practices for our forestry and our water systems. As we catch water, we'll want to make sure to capture that so that we can use it over and over again throughout our system, especially creating swales and ponds. Principle number six, produce no waste. We want to avoid creating things that go to the dump. Instead, we're going to compost our food and other organic matter, utilize gray water in all the ways we can. We'll want to fix equipment where we can keep using it, and if we can buy used equipment where possible instead of new. The common phrase, reduce, reuse, recycle, and repair, definitely goes align with this principle. We'll also want to apply this principle to people, where we'll want to avoid meaningless work, and we want to avoid hazardous work as well. Principle number seven, design from patterns to details. After we've done plenty of observing, we want to intentionally make decisions on design that create patterns. So we'll understand various details of our space and the patterns therein. For instance, a placement of a road could also be used to help fill up a pond. The water can run by the road and the road will direct that water into a pond. Principle number eight, investigate rather than segregate. The more connected a system, the more resilient it is. A tidy space typically makes more chores for a human to clean it up. Natural systems use many different plants within communities and are layered in systems. We want to use integration of various plant communities in layered systems instead of segregating plants from their communities. Principle number nine. Use small and slow solutions. Keep in mind that we interplant between our orchards, or if we inherit an orchard that is one monocrop, such as one big orchard of apples, you'll want to slowly interplant and replace decaying trees that have so much disease that they cannot be reversed. Replace those with new interplanted species. We'll also want to interplant tree species that are great for wood construction. Think long-term. Long-term means we're going to have slow-growing parts to our system. And this long-term goes for both food and various resources we can use in our space. Principle number 10. Use and value diversity. This really reinforces our integrate rather than segregate, which is principle number eight. Nature thrives with biodiversity, or as much difference as possible. As we use diversity, this is going to look differently in different parts of the world. In tropical areas, we can really stick with plants and having diverse plant guilds within our space. As we move further away from the equator, we're going to have more of a rotational grazing with our animals and plants intermixed where they are living and growing in one system. And as we go further north to the poles, we're going to be more reliant on animals within our system. As we utilize rotational grazing, we can have multiple uses in one space where the animals can clean up felled fruit on the ground in an orchard to prevent pests from taking refuge. Rotational grazing will also be utilized in various meadow spaces, and smaller animals will be good to clean up your kitchen garden between the seasons. 
Diversity allows resilience and many yields and uses within one space. Principle number 11. Use edges and value the marginal. We can add more habitat zones as we use edges within our spaces. For example, on the road edge, you could plant fedges, fruit-bearing hedges, and you've multiplied your space along the edge of your road. You could also plant bamboo along the pond edge, which will take in water as it soaks in water from the pond. Bamboo has multiple uses. It is great as a trellis for vining plants and brings lightweight building potential for growing. Principle number 12, creatively use and respond to change. Nature never stays the same and your space will likely be changing dynamically over time. You need to respond and change your plan as the land changes. This means that as you create more systems on your space, as you follow your plan, your land will go through changes, and you'll notice those changes and take advantage of what's being provided, creating systems on top of the systems you've established. For instance, if you're on a slope and you've interplanted your fruits with your wooded species. Beneath that, you might have more of a boggy marsh because of the extra water being absorbed by the trees above. You will then be able to create to have more of a growing opportunity with additional plant guilds that are smaller, more shrub-like. Among these principles, there are also some design considerations that are really popular as well. These design considerations are from the Permaculture Designer's Manual by Bill Mollison. You can find them on page 15 and 16. There are five design considerations. Work with nature rather than against it. When we design, we want to make sure that we use nature's way rather than designing simply off of a whim. We need to be considerate of nature, be observant of our space, and understand our microclimate and various things within that microclimate that impact what our design will look like. Our second design consideration The problem is the solution. Whenever there's a problem, consider how it can be the solution. Flip it around. For instance, if you have a slug problem, you probably have a duck deficiency. If slugs are an issue, likely there is another animal that would best be able to control that issue. We don't want to eradicate, but we do want to control. If we eradicate, we're still working against nature rather than working with it. Design consideration number three. Make the least change for the greatest possible effect. Design consideration number four, the yield of a system is theoretically unlimited. Design consideration number five, everything gardens. The ethics of permaculture are rather short. We have three permaculture ethics. The first, care for the earth. From James Lovelock's Gaia theory, earth is considered a sentient being. It's living and it reacts to keep on living. Ethic number two, Care for the people. Accept personal responsibility, such as how do I feed myself? How do I provide necessary components to prosper? What are necessary components to live prosper? What does one really need? Ethic number three, share the surplus. Share your produce, share your time, and share your energy. This episode briefly covered the 12 permaculture principles written by David Holmgren. I also included a free download written by David that goes into more depth of each principle. Thanks for tuning in to Journey into Permaculture. We'll see you next time.